Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a opening round playoff win for the New York Red Bulls 2. I don't, I personally did not see that happening, so very excited for that. Uh, we'll break down all the action. We're going to talk about uh, whether or not we think there might be an injury in the squad and uh, the play of certain players down the stretch and what that's going to mean to the team heading into this weekend's game against FC Cincinnati. Uh, so we'll obviously be previewing that as well. And we're going to touch on all of the other playoff news from around the USL. We've got a full house tonight. Uh, you know, I realize I never, ever introduce myself. Uh, I'm still not going to do that, but uh, I realize that I don't ever do it. Why'd you bring it up? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who do we have? We've got Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. It's been a long time. Yeah, I, you know, as I only show up for the playoffs. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> um, look, you know, way, way back when we made uh, some guesses as uh, who we thought was going to be leading the Western Conference, way, well, way back way when. On <laughs> I just wanted to rub it in a little bit. You, San Antonio did not make the playoffs. No, that was a big letdown. Wait, who did you you had? Oh, you had OC, right? No, I, I don't think I picked Orange County at the beginning. Um, I think that I said that the Monarchs were going to repeat, and they fell. They fell hard. So we were both wrong. Yep. <laughs> just, wanted to, just, just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> it's never. It doesn't matter that I'm wrong, just as long as you're wrong. Ah, okay, got it. <laughs> We've also got Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Hey, it's good to be back and to see Anthony on the on the podcast again. We've been missing you too, Bill. Uh, I, I know. I mean, you're moving around. You're going to concerts from time to time. Uh, so thank you for, for gracing us with your presence this evening. Hey, it's the playoffs. Hey, uh, playoffs. well, we'll get to it later, but th- <laughs> there was a, a Bill Toomey moment this past weekend and, uh, we'll get into that <laughs> later. <laughs> last but not least, it's Joe Steen. Hello, Joe. How are you? Ah, great. Big win over the weekend. Looking forward to, uh, FC Cincinnati this weekend. So you are the reliable co-host. Uh, this season, <laughs> these other guys—they're in and out. Who knows? I get Joe, the glares. It's it's steady. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I'm gonna have to ask you for the rings I gave you back. And Joe, you could just have one for each hand. You yes. gave me a ring. <laughs> <laughs> Our promise rings, Anthony. Sheesh. Okay, let's um. let's dive into the Charleston Battery game. Uh, it, on the surface, not a whole lot. Uh, from either side, a one nothing match. I think the battery did enough uh, to p- potentially win this match. But so did the Red Bulls. They missed a number of great opportunities. In particular, Jared Stroud, I think, probably had a, a game that he'd like to get back. Uh, so many chances for him. Uh, some controversial moments, too, where he got a yellow for diving and uh, maybe got away with some other dives <laughs> earlier in the match. Um, but, you know, this is the kind of game that you want to see them win. You want to see them go out, play ugly, uh, snatch a win on the road. It's something they haven't done this year. And I think there's at least some promising signs. Joe Steen, let's start with you. What did you see that uh, encouraged you for, for what the Red Bulls might be able to do for the rest of the playoffs? 
Uh, defensively, I would say they were pretty good in this match, which they've kind of continued from the end of the season. Uh, they really didn't. I mean, they gave Charleston a few, you know, decent chances, but nothing really, really major. But uh, Asan Adam and Kevin Pollitt did a great job in the back line. Ethan Cutler was, you know, had an okay game. He was out of position a little bit on some things. Um, but I thought Alan Giannis did a really good job as well. Um, but yeah, I, defensively, I thought they were very good in this game. I mean, again, it, it's something that they really haven't been able to do on the road this year. But towards the end of the season, you could kind of see them gathering that momentum going into the playoffs, coming together. Even when uh, Hassan was out and they were rotating guys, they were still performing. And they really carried this over, which I thought was huge. And Tom Barlow, again, what can we say? Great down the stretch uh, for them and scores a huge, a very nice goal and a huge goal for them and happened to be the game winner. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> the the entire play is set up by work from Amando Moreno. I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. Uh, tracks back, gets the tackle in uh, with a little bit of uh, a trickery with the way that he, he moved into his dribble. He left a defender in the desk, switches field to Barlow, and then Barlow has that monster finish from the top of the box. Uh, but everything can't be sunshine and roses, right? So, Anthony, you watch this match. Why Why should fans be discouraged after watching this? Is it just that uh, the offense, even though they score in this match, are, are kind of um, uh, having maybe a... Uh, a poor end to the season, whereas earlier there was a lot of scoring that was going on, uh, even if it was just at home? Uh, well, they had more options up top earlier in the season. Uh, their guys were, we're not seeing there. We're not seeing Brian White. We're not seeing Anatolia Bong available for obvious reasons um, with the, the first team preparing for their playoff push. So we're not seeing those same dynamic players up top. And even if you think about the end of last year where – Stefano Bonomo really came on and looked like he was going to make something of himself um, for in, coming into this season. This team has a lot of unproven pieces at the very top that can do things, especially with the ball at their feet. They were very good at um, stalling Charleston's defense and making them make rash decisions in, in, in key moments that was able to get the ball moving forward. Their problem was... Um, Every ball that they hit seemed to be magnetically drawn to the crossbar of the post. So um, hopefully that doesn't continue in the next game uh, against FC Cincinnati. And if they do intend to continue going, they've got to make sure those balls go in the net. Yeah, that that is a huge problem, I think, uh, for this team heading into Cincinnati, where uh, chances are going to be at a premium. And their offense has shown, you know, many times this season that they could break down teams. But before we get to that, Bill, uh, watching this match, Evan Loro, he, his distribution out of the back looked a little wonky. There was a, a, you know, at least one moment where Kevin Pollitz ends up taking a a, a goal kick for him. Uh, is he hurt? Do you think Evan is hurt and uh, playing through an injury? And how bad is it? Should we maybe think about uh, resting? Evan for for FC Cincinnati and letting Scott Levine go out there. I mean, after all, he did have a huge penalty save against Pittsburgh and a big match in general uh, to end the season. You know, it's probably a thing that most fans don't want to see, especially since, you know, they were on the road and they won on the road. And Evan Loro, even though it still looks like he was kind of injured in the last game, he still did come up with a few huge saves there. So 
hopefully, uh, you know, he does get better during the week and hopefully he improves by Saturday. So I, I think they're going to keep him in. And um, let's talk man of the match. Uh, who do you got? I'll start with you, Anthony. Got to be Tom Barlow. That shot from the top of the box was, um, aside from Jogba's free kick during the during the opening round of the playoffs, I mean, I don't think there was a better shot taken uh, in this round. Okay. Okay, fair. Uh, Bill. I'm going to agree with Anthony, too, with with uh, Tom Barlow. That was a rocket of, of a shot that uh, we don't even see too much on the first team. Okay. Jostine? Uh I'm going to go Evan Laurel. He made a lot of big saves uh, in this game at points and really helped uh, the team seal the win. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, despite the, I, the Tom Barlow goal, I, it's hard for me to even decide who deserves uh, bigger plot. It's you know, Moreno with the way that he uh, went about setting that up or Barlow with the way that he took it down and finished it. Uh, but Evan came up with a huge number of, of saves uh, throughout the match that I think uh, I'm not confident that uh, another keeper on this team would have been able to come up with. You know, No offense to Scott Levine. I think that uh, Evan is just at a, a little bit of a higher level. Um, so I'll give it to him. Now, moving on, we're going to look at FC Cincinnati. I'm not, we don't have to talk about their regular season record. This is the playoffs, whole other ball game. I just want to look at what they did last week against Nashville. Uh, obviously, one seed versus eight seed. The pressure is on Nashville uh, heading into Nippert. And, you know, for all accounts, I think they held their own and, and even looked better at times, but really struggled to, to finish off plays. You know, a lucky bounce essentially is what uh, helped them get to penalty kicks in the first place. Um, and, you know, I think that they had a number of opportunities to strike on the counter against uh, Cincinnati and really just either uh, you know, overthought what they were going to do or couldn't keep the, the ball on net. But uh, I, I think that we got to learn a lot about Cincinnati. And I, I want to know specifically, Anthony, starting with you, what you learned about Cincinnati in this match. Um, I learned that Cincinnati can can win in a dogfight, and that, and that's very important um, for their season. They they were front runners for a lot of the year. They scored first. They put more goals up. They they almost never had a had a situation where they were punched in the mouth and had to respond. And this was one of those scenarios. It looks bad when you see you know the the first place team get kind of handled by the eighth place team the way they were. But I think that Nashville. Um, especially in the second half of their season, played far better than uh, than than their position showed, and they went into this really, really performing at that top level. So, yeah, we we saw that Cincinnati can respond to adversity, which is unfortunate heading into next week. <laughs> well, one thing that um, I will say about the way that Nashville played, and what that might say about Cincinnati. Um, is that that Nashville bunkered a lot of that that match, and they looked to stay uh, tight and compact, and said, you know, here we are, Cincinnati, break us down, and Cincinnati really struggled, and it reminded me a lot of the Red Bulls just about every year in the playoffs for uh, the MLS side, uh, and the way that they struggle when teams sit back on them. So I think that uh, despite the fact that they were able to still get a goal from the top of the box. Um, there's a little bit of a template of a way that you can approach this match. Justine, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think they're not as good as maybe we've been told by a lot of people this season. 
Uh, I think you know, like you see, like you mentioned, that if you sit back on this team, it's you know they're hard to it's hard to break them down. Nashville, obviously, we know um, tough team to break down this year at times. And since he struggled for a lot of the game, Nashville, I think, could have easily won this game at times. They had a couple unlucky bounces, a couple shots at the post and the crossbar. Um, but again, it, it's a much different game this weekend because Red Bulls play such an attacking style that it's kind of going to be more of a goal fest uh, between these two teams than I think it, then it's going to be kind of, then it was more of a, um, you know, FC Cincinnati trying to break down a national, trying to hit them on the counter type situation. But I mean, if you look at the two games between these two teams this year, it was more of, you know, it came down again, a few bounces. I mean, Brian White misses the penalty at Red Bull arena this year, and then they have a makeshift back line. And, uh, with Wahabakwi and Kevin Pollitz, and they kind of paid, and Cincinnati took their chances. And then at Nippert, uh, again, Cincinnati took their chances, Red Bulls didn't. So it's going to be interesting because both teams are very good going forward and kind of susceptible on the defensive side. And one of those guys that is now uh, tasked with going forward for FC Cincinnati is Fernando Adi. I, I mentioned him before. Um, this guy, a target, classic target striker, um, playing in a system for Cincinnati, though, they don't really have a true winger. Uh, Ledesma can certainly swing in a cross, but they don't have that guy who can get down the wing and send in an accurate cross uh, on a regular basis, even, even from the fullbacks. And should their fullbacks get forward, they are not a speedy bunch, so they are definitely susceptible with that. But uh, should Cincinnati think about uh, leaving Adi on the bench uh, for a match like this, and and are they better potentially without him? Um, let's start with you, Bill. I mean, it's 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 hard to say because with the way that they've been playing against you know Nashville, everybody thought they were going to come out of the gate swinging. So it almost feels like they're, they they almost need all the help they can get with the way that they they played against against. And, and if you look at the two best opportunities in that match... The two draws, so... Oh, sorry, sorry. You cut off for a second, though. I thought you had stopped, Bill. Uh, if you look at the two uh, of their best opportunities in that match, the one is the goal, uh, and then shortly before that, Corbin Bone has a similar shot uh, from the top of the box. So it, it's not a lot of that uh, uh, play developing inside the 18. It was looking for those second balls, and... Um, you know, Nashville not closing down Bone at the top of the box is really the difference in that match. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Should should Adi be starting with FC Cincinnati? Absolutely. You don't leave a player like that on the bench. This is the playoffs. You know, you don't, you can't, you, if, if this is a guy that you went out and you spent money to get and you see a future in him as being your top guy, you don't leave him on the bench in the playoffs. It's ridiculous to do. Um, if you do, it means you don't have confidence in him. And these are those big moments. So if this is a guy that's supposed to score you goals, you put him out there to score goals. You fail with what, with your best out there. Well, arguably, uh, what we're saying here is not that he's not the best, but rather not the best for their system. Then he's not the, then, then if he's not the best for their system, then they were ridiculous for signing him. But if he, you, you did. So you have to have that guy needs to be out there to do what he does best. Okay, fair. Uh, Joe Steen, last weekend uh, against Nashville, 
out of the gate, uh, Fatih Alashe uh, was pressing very high uh, and trying to force a lot of turnovers uh, in the defensive end of Nashville. Uh, do you see them doing that same thing against the Red Bulls? Yeah, I mean, you could easily see that because we we know they're not the we we know they're not the best at distributing out of the back, and um, this team you know seems to panic a little bit when uh, when you know when they get in trouble in the midfield and stuff like that. And again, I think them having not having Christian Caseras to kind of settle things down there could also you know be a little bit of a problem at times. Um, so I could see it. I mean, you know, they force a t- you know force a turnover or two and get a you know a couple chances and even take an early lead. They kind of have the rebels right where they want them. And you touched on something that I wanted to make sure that I called out. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much positive that Brian White is not going to be with the Red Bulls too uh, this weekend. I I feel confident saying that Christian Caseras is also not going to be with the Red Bulls too this weekend. Those are two huge players that will not be with the club um, should things transpire transpire rather the way I uh, expect them to. Um, Anatoly Abang, I think will travel with Red Bull Sioux. I don't think that he will be a starter against FC Cincinnati. I think that uh, it would be wise to go with Tom Barlow, just playing the hot hand. Uh, Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Tom Barlow, he's been getting pretty much each game he gets better and better. So I definitely think they'll they'll be playing Tom Barlow. And uh, it would be nice to see White, but I don't think we're going to see him back with uh, the the uh, team. Like you said, he's going to be with the first team. Do you think a bong would be someone who would be worth uh, taking a look at for this match or just stick with Barlow? Uh, it's hard to say because a bong has been getting better each game too, where he's getting used to the system and he's playing better. So, but Tom Barlow though, with that shot, the last game and, you know, the past few games too, he's, he's pretty much been on fire. So I would stick with Tom Barlow. Now I, I will have, you know, Barlow was complaining to me, about well, no, you didn't exactly complain, but he was he was happy to go uh, down to Charleston to play because uh, he didn't want to play in the cold weather. This guy spent years at Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> He's complaining about the cold weather. <laughs> didn't want to play in the cold weather. Well, I guess he never wants to play in the MLS Cup playoffs then. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, not. and I wonder how the weather's going to be this weekend in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, who. I think might be key in this match for the Red Bulls. Jose Aguinaga uh, has been kind of forced into the number 10 spot. Uh, he is now uh, essentially the playmaker for the squad. Uh, because Casares is, is unavailable, has been with the first team, they dropped Andrew Tenari back and have been starting him with uh, Chris Lima or Steven Echevarria uh, and Chris Lima. But it, it, Jose Aguinaga, is he is he? capable of being the guy that leads the team from that 10 spot anthony i want to get your thoughts uh maybe in the future but if you're asking me for uh, a one game playoff no i don't think that he is um i think that he can move the ball from that position really well side to side to get those wingers open but you're gonna have to really uh rely on those wingers to to be those playmakers not necessarily uh not necessarily him Okay, that's a fair answer. Justine, uh, if Aguinaga is not the guy, uh, who do you play in that 10 spot, and, and how would you set up that, that midfield trio? Um, it's hard to leave Aguinaga out of the lineup now with how he's played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think he's better suited on 
the left or the right because I think it's I think he just he's just a little bit better out there. But if if he's not the guy, I think you have to go with Andrew Tenari, and then maybe go a little bit more defensive with uh, Echevarria and uh, Chris Lima there in this um, in the holding midfield because I mean we saw you know we've seen kind of glimpses of what Aguinaga can do, but I think Tenari. I mean I don't know how you could leave a guy. Who, who's had as many chances created as him on the bench uh, this season. Fair. Very fair. Um, okay. And, Bill, let's talk. I want to know if there's one guy that needs to step up for the Red Bulls this week. I'll go to each of you for this one. If there's one guy that needs to step up for the Red Bulls this week in order for them to get a victory, who is that guy and why? Uh, it's It's got to be Stroud. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because of all the chances in the game this past weekend. And all the times you hit the post, you just has to connect on a few of those shots. And it could have been a much easier game for the Ripples, too, to play if he connected on just two of those, you know, four possible goals that he could have had. Okay. Fair. Justine. I'm going to say I think Jared will be better this weekend. I think Amanda Moreno uh, is a big key because before the injury, he was one of the best players on the team. And now he's, he, you know, after that long layoff, he's starting to come back into form has that great play last week. I think if he has another good game this weekend, I think they'll win the game. And Anthony? I'm going to say Ethan Cutler. He has played well. He had a great stop in the game against Charleston. Really good defensive play, but he has to keep that up because, honestly, he's probably the best defender that this team has right now. Um, I originally was going to say Hassan and Dom, but like, I, I, I just can't expect much from him <laughs> at this point. So I'm going to say Ethan Cutler. And Dom and Pollitz have been so good together over the last couple of weeks. Sure. All right. <laughs> Cutler is the best defender on the team. Did you see what? Did you see him track back for that in, in Charleston to to break up that play in the first half? Right. Well, I can't remember what uh, what minute it was in, but he tracked back and had a, and had a great sliding tackle to to break up uh, a scoring chance. All right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, I went through Justine. It's me. Um, I think I think uh, whoever said Jared Stroud is the winner this week. He is a huge part of the way that this offense uh, functions, and clearly he's getting himself into the right positions now. That was always my major complaint with him is, is making sure that he would make the run. Uh, but it's got to be uh, executing in big moments. So this is it. This is the big stage for him, and I think if he can shake off his performance from last week. Uh, that he could be a major factor in, in getting a win here. All right, let's go around and get predictions, and then we'll talk about the rest of the playoff picture. Starting with you, Jostein. I'm going to pick the Red Bulls to win this game 3-2. Ooh, 3-2. <laughs> okay. Bill. I'm going to pick the Red Bulls to win as well, but I'm going to say the score is going to be 2-1. to 2-1. to one. All right. Uh, Anthony, um, I'm picking FC Cincinnati winning this one three to one. I, I was hoping that at least one person <laughs> uh, would go at Cincinnati. I actually feel good about this game, and I'll tell you why. I think that uh, all of the pressure is on Cincinnati to get a win here and to win in in USL, uh, especially after the year that they've had. And there is zero pressure on the Red Bulls to get a result. And I think you're going to see that in terms of the way that both teams uh, approach the match. I think the Red Bulls will be able to uh, frustrate Cincinnati for the most part, and they will walk out with a one nothing win. 
When has this team ever had an actual pressure on them? Well, that's that's kind of the point. They they don't ever need to have that on them, so they don't play locked they finally, up, fearless. They finally won a, an opening opening round game, so now they have all the pressure on them to go. Yeah. And two years ago, they actually won the cup at Red Bull Arena. Two years to this day, so. I think he was talking about FC Cincinnati. <laughs> no, I was talking about Red Bulls. No, I know you were. I was talking about Joe Steen. Man, oh. the four of you. <laughs> Keep it together, Joe. Jesus Christ. Let's go around the rest of. We'll start out west uh, and talk about everything. OC uh, SC actually just ran over St. Louis four nothing victory. Uh, not even close. They looked very impressive. They looked every bit of a one seed playing an eight seed. See Cincinnati. That's how it's done. Um, yeah, nothing more to say there. Uh, Reno squeaking out a win against Salt Lake. Salt Lake probably the better team on the night, but Reno walks away. The victors uh, did not see that coming. Anthony, I Anthony, I know you were watching that match. <laughs> Justine, you were watching the match. Uh, what happened in Salt Lake? They just couldn't convert their chances. They had a million chances in that game. Like, yep. It felt like every time the ball went up the field for uh, the Monarchs, they um, they they had they had a, either a shot on target or at least an effort towards goal. And uh, Reno's keeper, great some some occasionally made great saves. Other times they were just bad shots. I mean, they they just couldn't convert anything. And when you don't do that. All it takes is one chance the other way to um, to influence a game, and yeah. that's what happened. Sure enough, um, both sides the five seed upset the four seed. OCSC and Reno. Uh, who do you have advancing? I'll go through each of you, starting with Anthony. Ooh, I'm going to say OCSC. Okay, Bill. I'm going to see uh, OCFC as well. Okay, uh, Josteen. I'm picking the upset, Reno. Reno Swope Park. That's where it's at, baby. Uh, oh it's going to be a rematch. Uh, <laughs> oh <God. laughs> okay. Uh, Phoenix. Uh, it, I totally flipped the script on what I thought was going to happen. I thought the, the Timbers were going to take them to task after their win the, the, the week before. But uh, Phoenix. You were the only person that thought that. Phoenix <laughs> was up to the task. They won 3 nothing. Uh Impressive. They it took them a while to to get on the board, but then they they really saw the game through. Josteen, this is your team now. What are you? Do you feel confident uh, trampling over the Timbers? Or do you think uh, that was really you know uh, a much different test than they're going to face against Swope Park? Well, I feel confident because this game won't take two two days to play like it did last year. So <laughs> <I mean. laughs> um, at at home, apparently the game uh, might already be. Uh, might already be sold out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I at home, I, I think they're going to win this game comfortably. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of people pick Sac Republic as one of the favorites in the West. They lost to Swope Park. Swope Park just knows what to do in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's the only thing you could say here. But uh, they will take on Phoenix Rising for uh, the semifinal. Who do you got? Let's start with you, Justine. Phoenix Rising. Of course you do. Bill. <laughs> Phoenix. Anthony. Drogba FC all the way. I'm going Swope Park, baby. <laughs> Reno Swope Park. That's, that's got to be the matchup. Um, okay, moving over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, a very, very entertaining match with uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds and Bethlehem Steel. 2-2 goes to shootouts. Uh, Pittsburgh blinked, but everybody, every single shot was hit uh, up until their last one. 
uh, Brandon Allen. Oh, no, wait. That, I'm sorry. That was the FC Cincinnati match. <laughs> Whoops. Take it all back. I forgot to, that was I, last year. I forgot to call it out for, for Bill that Brandon Allen hit his uh, penalty <laughs> kick in the shootout. I thought he would be so Good old excited. Brandon Allen and the penalty kicks. <laughs> but uh, we'll live on forever. Bethlehem Steel, I think I would say that this is probably the biggest upset of the weekend. Um, uh, are they capable of beating Louisville? That, that's the question. Louisville stomped on Indy. Uh, and I want to know what you think, Anthony. About, um, wait, about which one? You're coming uh, around all over the place here. Well, all right. Bethlehem Steel is playing Louisville. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, there's Louisville all the way. Louisville was so dominant. I, I, I don't see how they're, they're, they're losing this game at all. You, you don't think the Steel could, could surprise them? They surprised uh, Pittsburgh? I think that Pittsburgh was a way more beatable team than Louisville is, um, especially at home. Louisville has just looked great. Fans have been strong. They, they, the offense in that game was just probably the best that we've seen in any playoff game. They, they were just peppering the net. I, I, I don't see how they lose this game. Okay, uh, and we got through the 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 playoff round. That brings us to the end of another episode of Racing Bulls, limping to the finish, uh, per usual. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at NYC Sports World. I'm at Bill TNJ. I am at Jaystein15. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull Raising Bull Cast. And all of us also write for the Red Bull News Network. Well, Bill doesn't write, but he does publish stuff there uh, sometimes. <laughs> Uh, and you can follow us at RB News Network, and that's all on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Find us, rate us, review us. It means everything. And I think everyone can agree after listening to this episode. Hashtag Mercedin. We are part of the beautiful game network at BGN.FM. They've got great shows like the USL show, Mongols. Go listen to the uh, River Hounds podcast this week. I'm sure it's going to be sad. Uh, the Unused Substitute, St. Louis Soccer Report, Backchat, Tornado Alley, uh, Last Word SC, Play the Kids, Six Point Weekend, Speedway Soccer, Down the Valley, Texas Soccer Radio, Backyard Footy, and Foxtrot. Oh, there's there's a couple more under the, the fold here. Bethlehem Blessed Furnace, Sock Takes, and Rising as One for Phoenix Podcast. Uh, yeah, there, there's a ton of great stuff all about the USL, uh, some about MLS and, and world football. They've got podcasts and uh, a blog with lots of great written content at bgn.fm. Go there. Find those shows. Listen to those things. You will be well informed on the opinions of uh, fringe fanatics uh, that follow each team just like us. And last but not least, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, for myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and Joe Steen, thank you very much and have a great night. Yeah.